Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Jeff. Um, uh, today, I wanted to have a quick discussion with you. A quick, our quick is like four hours. Um, so, <laughs> it so, I de- so I definitely want to condense that down to impact, value, um, so the audience understands what you do, our story, and to make this an enjoyable conversation that we would have had at an RSL club anyway. Ella, Calimera, bring it on. <laughs> so, so, Jeff, I just want to give a quick uh, back uh, backstory on how we sort of met and um, like the management story and leadership. Um, oh, the, tell the PG version, okay? Not the not the X-rated version. Absolutely, right. absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, we got yeah, of course. Uh, there's not many people that listen to me right now, anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> so, Jeff and I met. We worked at a mutual company together. I think it was 2008 or 2009. 2008. 2008. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Time has flown. A long time. Long yeah. time. And you started indirectly. Uh, you're a manager, but in a different uh, department. So we didn't have a whole lot of discussion. It was just random jokes um, uh, and that. But um, I think where my love for you grew and my respect for you as a human more than anything was when we, we I don't know why, but you were forced to be my manager in that same department for one client. I think a project we had to work on. Yeah. That's right. Uh, and no names will be mentioned. Um, so, so in that campaign, uh, I, what I found, and I learned a lot from working with you, was the the trust that you gave me. The leadership was wasn't wasn't in a way where you had that total control and you wanted to like dominate the the, the relationship. It was actually the complete opposite. It was like I'm leaving you with this, um, and I I think true leadership is when you don't want to make the manager or the leader, uh, um, um, not not annoyed with you, but also let them down. You're working. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're not even working for the company anymore. You're working for the leadership. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't want to let you down. And I think that was when I grew. Like I understood. Wow. Like that's what leadership should be. It's not about you going do A, B, C, and D. It's like this is what I expect. This is the standard. Now reach it. Would you agree? Yeah, I hundred percent agree. And I think, look, at that point. You know, I'm, I'm a true believer that, you know, I don't know everything and, you know, people are in their positions because they know a lot more than, than you do. And, and that's it with a lot of organizations, right? Just because you are the leader or just because you're, you're a manager does not mean that you know the most about that particular activity, task or, or outcome, right? So in that particular project, you were the, the expert right you were the you were the the technician uh, in that project so for me for me to to come in even though i was leading the project for me to come in and tell you what to do um is an insult really right it's a it's an insult to you and and an insult to me because you know um i i definitely did not have the qualifications that, that you did so you know it's, it's also understanding the, the, the people that you are working with and the types of personalities that you're working with as well. Um, and I think that's really the, the most important trait of a leader. It's understanding the people that uh, uh, you work with and, and making sure that you work with them in a style that brings out the best uh, in them. And in your case, brother, it was literally just, you know more than me, you know how to you know how to make this project successful. Um, this is the this is the the outcome that uh, I, I need you to, to bring for this project to be successful. And now I'm just going to get the f out of your way. 
Yeah, but I, but I think that showed incredible EQ, um, and I think that's your your big skill is understanding people. So like for me, EQ greater than IQ, man. Like I I don't know. That's how I see it. Um, uh, me too. I don't have much of an IQ. So yeah, yeah. You know, the EQ is, is just what I've got to fall back on. So yeah, I, I agree with you there, brother. I agree awesome. with you there. So what are you doing right now? And do you want to share with everybody sort of where you're at, what you're doing and a little bit about um, B2B social selling? Yeah, sure. Sure. So right now, you know, I, uh, thankfully in, during these trying times, I have a business that's still open, you know, it's, uh, and, and I feel very lucky and, and blessed. Uh, to be in that situation um, where, uh, you know, our, our agency is, is in the social media space. But I guess where we've decided to branch off is moving more towards the, the business to business uh, side of social media, as opposed to uh, the business to con consumer. So, you know, the, the core difference is, you know, with business to business, you're, you're working with uh, people within the business, but you're, 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 you've got solutions, you've got products, you've got services that is designed to benefit another business or business unit, as opposed to business to consumer, like a, like an iPhone, it's, yeah. it's more about uh, servicing a, an individual, right? So what I love about B2B is um, it's, it's more about relationships, you know, business to consumer. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's very much based on marketing product marketing brand, you know, and, and, and talking about how those products and brands, you know, solve your, your challenges or help you achieve your goals, right? Whereas with business to business, and especially in the enterprise space, where we, where we work with the larger sort of companies, mm -hmm. um, you know, people aren't going to buy your solution with a credit card uh, on, on the computer, right? It takes multiple relationships. It's a longer sales cycle. Um, you, you have to build trust. You have to build rapport with with people um and 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 therefore the relationships you build are uh, are more important when it comes to you know marketing or, or selling your your solutions in, in b2b so you know what we do is we tend to focus more on individual brand personal brand uh and then marketing that person as a thought leader or subject matter expert um and then connecting that person with key decision makers and influencers within the organizations that they want to influence and, and, and work with. And then building that relationship through social media channels like LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and, and engaging them, educating them through content. You know, that's where we talk about content marketing, which I know you're very, very passionate about. Uh, and something that you're gonna, I'm, I'm sure you're gonna bring up on this call. I'm just trying to um, hold back know. the beast, mate. I'm just holding back the beast. <laughs> I know, I know. I can, I can just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like whoa, leading forward, whoa. I can't Slow lead roll. forward. Slow roll, I, I know. I always, get worried when I, I always get worried when I mention content around you, you know, you, you, you start getting very excited. Careful, um, careful. Which I love, which I love. Uh, but you know, it's that, it's that content piece that, that comes in and then it's about moving that relationship offline. I feel, I feel there's so much focus on trying to generate leads and, and, and trying mm. to generate inquiry and qualify all online, you know, all this, all this digital and, and only, and only sort of come in right at the very end when you know, they've got budget, when you know, they've got uh, a need and that type of thing. Yeah. But I feel that has its place. Don't get me wrong. That, that has its place and, and it is scalable. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, it, it misses out that relationship building 
side of things. You know, there's there's so much more um, long term to gain when you build the right relationships with the right type of people. And then also from a competition perspective, um, you know, there's been research that's been done where um, you know there's been studies that show that um, you know organizations will will seventy five percent of the time go with the person who gave them the most amount of value, who gave them the most amount of insight when it comes to shortlisting or, or, or buying your products and services. So, you know, if you, if you just try and play the online game, you know, it becomes a, it becomes a, at the end of the day, it becomes a cost uh, exercise. You know, what, you know, what best price or, or, or what more can you throw in over your competitors? Yeah. But if you play that relationship game and the trust game, uh, that helps to build more um, uh, profits in your, in your, in yourself. Not only helps you to out, outdo your competitors, uh, but also helps helps you to to generate more opportunities and and embed yourself in their organizations for the for the longer term. Wow, awesome man! I mean, for me, understanding what you do. So right now, if a large large company X con, uh, contracts your services, is that primarily on the on the on, on setting up the relationship with the key decision maker? Or are you now right. also going that extra step now with the whole education of how to create the content on their end as well as well as your as well as your consultation um, setting that that yeah uh, yep. is that what you're both both yeah so the yeah it's, it's and, a bit of, yeah both now because we've we've sort of evolved in the early days yeah. you know six years ago when when I first started social journey it was just about pretty much making those connections. Um, engaging and then setting up meetings and, and, and you know, uh, opportunities offline, right? Invite, getting yeah. people to events, face-to-face uh, -face meetings, calls, things like that. And to be honest but with you, you were, you, were one of the, you were actually one of the first B2B social sellers in Australia, right? Like, uh, 100%, yeah, yeah, I, yeah definitely. I've never yeah. heard that term before in the, in the way in which you <laughs> sell, the way in which you, you develop that service and that solution, especially with the rise of LinkedIn. Um, yeah, yeah. Whole, like with the way, like LinkedIn. Maybe we can get into that later. But the mechanics of LinkedIn is a lot is more unique than, or it is unique uh, versus the other social media platforms. So yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, we we were lucky. We were lucky to get in early, be one of the pioneers in, in the B two B space because you know platforms like LinkedIn traditionally mm -hmm. were only seen as recruitment tools. Right, which which it definitely is, but um, you know, around about that that six year mark, there was this there was, you know these platforms were starting to be seen as not only just a recruitment tool, but a way to engage um, buyers and decision makers. As more and more um, uh, senior executives started to join LinkedIn and, and sort of become more active, so yeah, we, we're very lucky to be one of the first um, and, and to pioneer that space. Um, and, and now, you know, there are a lot of pl players um, across the region and, and globally now that do B2B. So, you know, I'm, I'm quite thankful and, and feel very blessed that, you know, we got, we got in early. We've got yeah. a good uh, market uh, position, but also have been able to influence other marketers to invest um, and, and offer services specifically around that uh, B2B space and B2B sectors. Well, I, I mean... Even for someone like myself, yeah, I'm big on content marketing, but even sort of putting it in the context in which uh, your company does, uh, it's a, because obviously, like I do, 
I'll, I'll talk about a segment on you know how to build a, 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 um, a successful social media strategy. But I remember when I first discussed uh, discussed this with you, you you actually giving advice on even how to create my profile, how to set it up to to sort of gear towards the market that I was. Like I'm only thinking it as from a point of view of just the content that I'm delivering, but you can come in and actually make sure that that's geared at the right people in the right context. Um, because I think LinkedIn is so much different than when I, yesterday I was talking to someone that sells cakes and cookies online, Jeff, and I was thinking with them for an hour, but I was, I was really, they were like, oh, I got $500 with SEO. And I just said, look, don't worry about doing SEO. Forget SEO for $500 right now, right? <laughs> What do you love to do? She, I just want to make cakes and cookies and I want to build that brand. I said, well, well, just make the cookies, make the cakes, film it, condense it down, uh, learn about iMovie, post them on YouTube, showcase how awesome you are. But, but LinkedIn is a little bit different than that. And I think um, uh, that's yeah. where, where I think for people like me, the whole branding, it's not just me branding Amiga Digital, but it's also branding Andrew Glinsos. And I think that personal brand does overlap. Like you can't get away from it. And I think, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, do you have any, do you have any much to say? Cause I think that there is a lot of overlap. I think on LinkedIn, I find personal brands are probably bigger than commercial than the actual, uh, I don't know. That's how I see it. Is that yeah, right yeah. Wrong? Well, 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 first thing, this, this client of yours that makes the, the cookies, if they're <laughs> the Greek style that your Yaya makes with the suspicious white powder on top of them, no one uh, makes I mean, it like Yaya, man. <laughs> Forget about it. No one it. makes it like Yaya. Oh, my God. Oh, my and God. She, and she I, I'm well over due for one of those cookies, let me tell you. She won't even tell me the recipe, so I can't even trademark it and sell it myself, mate. Like, that's, She's smart. She's smart, Yaya. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a, that's a trade secret. Those, those Cordy Bieders, <laughs> mate, they're going down in history, mate, as probably the best cookie I've ever eaten in my life. Um, but, but, yeah. but that's where I'm, but what, what you said is, is 100% right that Amiga Digital, Amiga Digital is you, but this is where, this is where I see there's a big gap. You know, there's so much focus and, and people just wanting to promote their company, right? Yeah. And, but it's, it's built on personality. It's, it's, it's built on yeah. uh, people, right? Um, so yeah. it only makes sense that you do put a bit of effort into putting yourself out there. Right. And then when you've got that combination of strong personal brand, like, you know, you know, for yourself, right. You, you, in your business, your customers uh, choose you and stay with you and stay with you a long time. Not because Amiga Digital is great. Uh, it's so a great brand or a great company. It doesn't have much to do with Amiga. It's you. Mm. It's, it's you because they, they love your passion. So, and I know things don't go, I mean, we, we talk about uh, our, our successes and challenges in business and, and things don't mm. go uh, according to plan every single time, but they but they stay because they know you care. Um, they know you're passionate about, about what you do. Right. And, mm. and they know your, your work ethic. So that's what I mean. When you can combine the, that, that, that people brand or that personality with, your your a strong company brand you know that's when you've got the the ideal mix um so that's that's where i'm coming from it's 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 you can't ignore the company brand side of things that's not that's not what i'm saying that that is that is very important and you need to get your products and services out there but i'm just saying what i'm seeing in the marketplace is too much goes there and not enough um in, in, in personal brand so just just you know yeah. for people to consider that but coca-cola in terms of them selling more Coke, right, to to bigger retailers, right, is is going to be a different strategy than 
than a mm. service-based business as well, right? So for me, what I what I find is even when when you when let's say you work with a client over seven to eight years, which I've done, I'd be lying if I said it was all the honeymoon, right? Where everything was like you, you see the perfect graph, you know, going like zero, then to fifty thousand, right? It doesn't always work out like that. The graph doesn't always look like that. it looks like this, and then yes, slowly, right. Yes. And so after, I think when, when, when you are faced with challenges, especially in competitive industries like jewellery, when things aren't going well for you, the clients, will tr they will stay with you. It, they, will, they will bear the, ba the, the bad times with you if they truly trust you and believe in you that, one, you will get results going forward, but you have their best interest at heart. And I think that whole, the, the relationship side of SEO, I don't think it's talked about a whole, a whole lot. It is talked about in snippets, but I think the relationship, I've seen campaigns, dollar value do pretty well, but I still get calls from even sometimes from clients, potential clients saying, the results with this other company, they're actually not too bad, but I have no relationship with them. Yeah. I don't yeah. even know what they do. Yeah. 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 I 100% I agree uh, with you. And, and, you know, that's the, that's the that's the thing right it's people just think oh if you know we offer the best product or we've got the most amount of features that's what's going to to make us the the leader in business but it's um and it might it might be in some cases don't get me wrong but it, in my experience um it's it's the relationships that you build that will will get you through the, the tough times or get you through when when things don't go according to plan Absolutely. And going back to when we talked about the start with our original how relationship started, that client literally, literally turned around on, on the relationship, Jeff, not on the results. Oh, 100%, yeah. The results, yeah. the results take time. So up until that point, okay, there wasn't a whole lot of SEO results happening before I took it over, but we, we turned it around on both of us on the relationship. 100%. That's what 100%. turned that campaign around. And and not just and not just that one either. Not just not just that one either, brother. Like think about all the other uh, uh, projects and and even the the biggest client we had, um, right. you know, right. at know. that yep. at that agency that we worked to, together at. A lot of that was relationship based. Absolutely, but with with that particular client, we were there from the start, so we could really yeah. we could. But what I'm talking about with, with that other client, it was literally what turned it was you dealing with the client and then going. All right, now being on the phone with him for over an hour and just answering question after question after question, and um, you know, I think you you cannot underestimate the power of relationships. And they oh, you cannot. And the clients yeah, will stay with you longer, even in the challenging times. Because man, it's ridiculous for me to stand up and say you work with a client for ten years or seven years or eight years and think you're not going to go through some bad times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I, I think about because. Yeah. Just think about it, right? Uh, product and services easy to easy to replace, um, generally speaking. But yeah. relationships and, and trust—that's something that you know takes a, a long time. So for, for someone to replace a product and service, it can be done pretty easily. But for mm -hmm. someone to replace uh, a strong relationship, that is something that isn't is not as easy easy to do, right? It's yeah. sort of like um, it's sort of like my relationship with my 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 barber, right? You know. <laughs> He doesn't. He doesn't cut my hair perfect every time, but you know I've got a I've got a great relationship with the guy. You know, <laughs> this time he did, man. This time he did. This time he cut it beautifully. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. My dog. Yeah. 
but you know, and there's that trust there. Like sometimes, um, you know, I because I, he's cash only. Sometimes I forget to bring the cash, and he's like, yeah. hey, just, "Just pay me." You know, it's that type of that type of stuff that that keeps me going there, mm. even though I know I can probably get. Yeah, you know, technically a better a better haircut or uh, or or a better looking hairdresser somewhere else. You know what I mean? But with that, with the other client, Sumi, uh, I think one of the one of the key things was I had to throw out the package out the window, right? In yeah. terms of how much time I needed to spend, uh, I, I I think sometimes you have to sort of throw out the the norm to to save the relationship. And um, I think what you're saying is just. Because yeah, like I think that's how we we restored faith in that client through Q and A's, through just spending time with him, feeling like they, Andrew and Jeff, really want to see me turn this around. Yep, um, yep, yep. And they and they and they care. Yep, and and, they care. and they've got the and they've got the skills. You know, they've yeah. got the skills. They've got the experience. So uh, what, well. what what was be some strategy? Like for me, man, I don't really, I don't know. Like if someone says. What, what if someone's asked me today what would be my best strategies for customer like services and I'm, i think that that's been my strength in the business as, as opposed to the acquisition side where i haven't Definitely. done where i haven't done really well i'm open about it and i'm happy to talk about it it doesn't bother me um keeping the relationship is what kept me in business literally right the result yep. of their seo you know it takes time so as opposed to like 2010 if you did seo 2010 it was Clients sort of understood it took time, but they didn't know whether, is that just a sales ploy so I can keep paying you for a lot longer? Like now they understand it, but that poses a new challenge now where clients are like, hey, Andrew, I know SEO is going to take time. And yeah. yep. I need, right? So, they, so, so that relationship has to start right from the very first moment. Yes, Getting, yes, 100%. Like, if they ask me things like, what do I need to, like if someone asks me, like another, another agency says, well, what do you do in terms of your customer service? Well, I can say things like, every time they uh, send an email, I'll get back to them. Like literally within like an hour, right? As long as it's not between the times of like nine and when I'm sleeping, but if I'm awake, I'm gonna answer that email. Even if it's, I'll get back to you very soon. Yeah. I'm obsessed with that getting back to them like quickly, but there's a few things like that. And then there's the, I'll text message you, I'll follow up with the calls. You know, I'll do everything to show that I care. I'll go above and beyond. But when people say go above and beyond, they're very loose terms. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what what would be your strategies in terms of building? I know I'll put you on the spot here. I didn't even give you these questions for you to even think about here, Jeff. Um, so, so I know you're going to do well with this anyway. But what would be some of the strategies that I can do to sort of like, I, I like to think that I'm doing something, but, but me and other people, what can we do to sort of make sure that we can instill that relationship from the get go? I think you're already doing it. And, and this is one of the reasons why I, I have no hesitation recommending uh, people to you. Cause it's one thing to be good mates, uh, but it's another thing to know, you know, and, and recommend people that know and trust me uh, to 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 you, right? Yeah, and one of the things I was just going to say, one of the things that that impresses me about you is that you will have no hesitation qualifying out. Yeah. You know, if if you don't feel if you don't feel that uh, you are you can help them meet their their goals and objectives, or if you don't feel that you are the right fit for them, or or you don't feel that a, a good relationship will form, uh, you will actually, you know 
turn away from that business and, and say it's you know I'm not uh, you know I, I can't help you, which I think is a, a really important trait and something that goes a long way in, in terms of relationships. Because if you think about it, most people most people will chase the buck, yeah, yeah. and and most people will say and do things uh, that the, the client wants to hear, even though they know in the back of their mind they're not going to be able to, to fulfill it or in the back of the mind, they know that it's going to be a nightmare client or whatever it may be, but they, they go ahead anyway. And then what happens in the, in the long term is things, things inevitably will blow up or, or not work out. Yeah. Right. And then the relationship uh, uh, soils. And then the, the, the thing when that happens is, you know, there's that classic saying, right? If someone was, if someone is happy with your service, they'll tell five people. But if someone is unhappy with the service, they'll tell a hundred people. Right? So this is, this is uh, where it, it's where if you don't, if you don't do what you do in the long run, it can really uh, negatively impact your, your business. So um, that's, that's one thing I think you do incredibly well and, and something that I think builds a lot of confidence in people uh, yeah. as well. And I'm, I'm sure, look, I don't know, but I'm, I'm sure you've had people where you've just gone, where you've gone, whatever no i can't i can't help you and they've gone shopped elsewhere where people are just told them what they want to hear and they end up coming back going i want to go with you because well, you know with, you were straight with me well with that cakes business um the call yesterday was the classic I, literally after one minute i just said look i can't help you in terms of actually delivering a service to you but i'm going to give you some advice and i want to see you grow the business to the point where you can afford my services <clears throat> so because I'm interested in building the, 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 the relationship. So that was easily, now that was easy in one sense, because obviously there was a budget restriction and then they're a startup and they're trying to tackle a relatively competitive industry. But Jeff, like I told him straight up, like I can't help you, but I still went on the phone for an hour just because I want to see, I like their business. I like them as people. And I'm like, I know I can't work with you right now, but you are definitely someone that I can build a great, again, an extremely good relationship with. Yeah. Um, but I don't think like, sometimes I walk into meetings and, and it's got a bit further down the, the pipeline and I've gone, Oh, uh -oh. I spent about 10 hours and now I'm realizing, and that's my sale. That's my sales ability. Sometimes to, to uh, I'm not a salesperson, I'm a marketer, right? I tell stories yeah. for a living. Right. Um, so, so for me, I, I went, okay, I can't work with you. So what do I do at this point? So that's when I have to have uh, sometimes conversations, um, because you think, okay, I like them as a relationship. I like their business. I like their so what I'm, but sometimes the goals and objectives don't align with their budget. Yeah. So straight away, yeah. I'm going to be like, look, I, I, I and, and they like, they like, they, they want to work with me. They're ready to sign, uh, and then I'm like, mm, I've got to pull back here, guys, because unless we modify the goals and objectives, even the, even if I do think I can get results for them, just not, that first twelve months of any SEO relationship is critical. Yep. Yeah. So people yep. say SEO. Yeah, so people say SEO is a long-term strategy, and it is. But that's not an excuse for not bringing short-term value. That short-term value has to see some spike in traffic or brand awareness or impressions or eyeballs. Um, in 12 months, uh, you sh they should be seeing, uh, like I, I would tell them, look, clients that have been with me for seven years, they will see a better return on investment at the seven-year mark. In fact, yes. <laughs> sometimes too good of an ROI. Um, but the first 12 months, there wasn't a whole lot, but there still needs to be value. So I know in that first 12 months, that relationship to keep the client for the next 10, that is very critical in that early stages. So if I miscalculate the goals and objectives and the budget, that's not only will they tell 100 people. In one case, there's, 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 there's a few law firms that will tell thousands of people. 
that's it. That's it. You're, you're, you're doing exactly what my advice would be. And, 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 you know, that my advice would be learn how to say no to the, to the wrong, to the wrong mm. clients for the sake of the, of the relationship um, rather than just trying to earn a, earn a quick buck. Right. Mm. Which is what I really admire about your approach to business. Um, you yeah, know, the fact that you have that, you have that exclusive policy, mm. uh, even right. Only working with one yeah, type of client correct. in a particular industry. It, it just goes to show your level of dedication um, to the, it's just things like that. Right. Mm. It just, it just goes to show your, your level of, of commitment and dedication to a, a client who puts that trust in you and is willing to build that, that relationship with you because you respect it yeah. um, as opposed to just going, yeah. you know, yeah, I'll, I'll sign you on. I know it's not going to work or I know I'm not going to hit those goals, but you know, I'll, I'll make a, a quick, quick buck on the, on the side. Type of thing. But when I started the business eight years ago, I did that exclusivity. Actually it was more towards 13 and 14. But when I started the business, I definitely had the exclusivity in my mind. I was at the time, don't forget. I mean, I'm showing my youth here, but I was only like 23 when I started. Um, and I was, I wanted to focus on the exclusivity because you can only get one client first. But yeah. I, as I sort of, because I'm also big on philosophy and, and the philosophy of marketing and, and also I wanted to sort of, then I started getting, I'm a, I call myself the romantic marketer, right? <laughs> so that, that there is, you go, there's, a, there's your brand, there's your brand. <laughs> I'm the romantic marketer that tells interesting stories for brands, right? That's literally what I do. Um, but what I wanted, where that sort of exclusivity evolved was, again, in that romantic marketing, that it's not just only getting a client first for engagement rings, Mr. Young Andrew, but it's going to have to evolve and develop much more deeper in a sense that now clients feel as though, uh, especially with the jeweler that I used to work with before for a mm -hmm. decade, um, it, that was what he was big on as part of the whole service delivery was the fact that I was mm -hmm. really exclusive to him with no contracts, which meant... I had to deliver on the on the business front, um, yeah, yeah. But there, but there's that there's that there's that bit more intimacy in this, in the sense that I want to build you. I really I really like I tell I used to joke with guys. Protect when I was I was talking on the phone. If there's any way that I can show my dedication to your success, other than exclusivity, no contracts, small client base, please tell me what that is and I'll add it because I can't think <laughs> for the life of me what else to add. <laughs> but. But I, I need to make sure I can bring value and I need to make sure I can keep this relationship. And I think, uh, like you were saying too, but um, but I think that whole romantic market that kicked in, it's like, it's not just even ranking first for that keyword. It's I want to make you, and I think where your B2B social selling and thought leadership comes in is I want to make you the biggest in your industry. I want to, mm. not necessarily SEO is only going to do that one way, but be there in the whole content marketing side of things and, I need to fall in love with your brand as a marketer. That's another big thing in terms of, um, of, of the whole, do I bring on a client? Do I, do I literally feel, can I buy into what you do? Um, yeah, 100%. I think there's a conflict of interest when the marketing team doesn't buy into them, but that's a different discussion. But, um, well, just that term, just that term that you said, you know, <laughs> romantic marketer, romance, it's, it's relations, it's a relationship, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, you definitely get it. It's something that is the DNA of, of your business. And that's, you know, what I'm, what I'm trying to convey to other, other business owners, especially during these tough times. Um, you know, when, when we get over this COVID situation, it's the businesses that have the strongest relationships with their customers that are going to bounce back um, the, the fastest.
And what do you think would be some ways in which to, what, what would be your strategies in terms of strengthening uh, relationships? And, and what, could, what could other people do um, that are listening to perhaps strengthen their relationships with their clients? What would you, I mean, it's very, it's a very sort of, because you, you've got to understand the business and that, but what are some generic things that they could do that could apply to most businesses to strengthen relationships? Yeah, I think, look, just keep, one is just keep in touch with them. You know, like how many business do you, how many businesses do you know? Um, and I and really keep in touch with them. Like uh, you, you sign up to a product service and, you know, all you, all you hear from them is when you have to pay them your, your bill, right? They don't, they don't, they don't send you anything that educates you. They don't, um, uh, they don't look at ways to add value on top of the, on top of the service. You know, it's all sort of focused around, um, how to get more more money out of you, right? Um, so my my thing is, you know, every business is different. Every every type of customer is different. But the biggest thing for me is just just keeping in touch. You know, checking in on clients. Um, uh, uh, if if there's if there's something that um, you come across in the marketplace that you, you go, wow, this is really interesting. Share it with your yeah. with your with your client base. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in a service type industry, maybe. Maybe give your clients, uh, you know, uh, uh, a particular type of uh, a type of, of service just for being, just for being a, a customer of yours, um, as opposed to just those, you know, buy ten coffees and get one free type of <laughs> type of type of scenario. You know, I know exactly you know. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something is something is a bit more, you know, unexpected. Something that's a bit more, a bit more random. But I mean, to, to summarize it, just just keep in touch. Um, with them because that that shows them that you you care and you're not just in it uh, uh, for the money and you, and you you're, not, you're not just treating them as uh, a piggy bank. Awesome. Uh, let's move into the to, to my favorite and final sort of topic: content marketing. Right. So yes, uh, I've already I've already sort of touched on the romantic marketer, but but I believe for me I, I tell my clients that the biggest and the best thing that every piece of content you, you create and deliver is to build brand. Mm-hmm. And, and you build yep. brand through content that speaks to the market. And so not what I find is I see a lot of, like even on social media with B2Cs, right? With the e-commerce space, right? It's a lot of just buy, buy, buy. There's no romance. There's, it's, it's trying to marry on the first date. And you know, my wife, yes. no chance I was marrying her on the first date. <laughs> That was a lot of relationships. Just too smart for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just too smart for that. <laughs> there was a lot of Q&A. There was a lot of relationship building, my man. Um, that, was not, that was definitely not an easy sale, that one. <laughs> um, but, but in the sense, oh, she's the one to pull up. Um, so yeah, I tried to, again, I'm going back, because just because it's a recent discussion, even with a painter I had with Howard on a previous podcast, back in 2017, I gave him the idea of just go to every single job and record it. That's all you do and talk about what you yep. do. Show the world how awesome you are without having to say, I'm awesome and buy my product or buy my service. I'm not saying you can't make one in every 10 posts, you know, buy, buy this, but just make 90% of posts about what you do, your expertise. I know with SEO, the eat part of the algorithm, the expertise, authoritativeness and trustworthiness is a, a new part of the Google search algorithm. Um, so what I, that actually blew up his Instagram. He's got a, he actually mm. went from like 200. He, he, was, he couldn't get any inquiries. Then, he, then when I went to go and sell my apartment, Jeff, he was too busy to paint it. And I thought, geez, after all the advice I gave him, 
I could have like came over and painted my balcony and I'm sitting there all day painting my balcony on a heat stroke because I'm an office boy. <laughs> right? And I'm going, bloody Howard, bloody Howard. I, I painted my balcony with three different shades of white. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so the point was it blew it up, his Instagram, and that simple, and he actually developed more ideas like a virtual beard on Friday with his audience. And the, the funny thing is, Jeff, he has a lot of painters that follow him. Talk about yep. thought leadership, yep. and, and, right? Yep. So they're actually following him now and, and sort of getting inspired by him and what he does. And they actually called me and asked me, oh, well, what can I do after that? I, you know, I said, so the whole virtual beer on Friday, and then I actually tested him out on an anonymous account. I said, oh, I don't drink beer, which I don't, right? He goes, oh, that's okay, that's okay. What do you do, what do, you drink? And I said, kombucha. And he said, okay, yeah. we're gonna have a virtual beer, we're gonna have a virtual beer and kombucha day. And he actually hashtag every like the kombucha and he included me in that post. And when I spoke to him on the on the podcast, that was like two years ago, I said, you step into a very, very powerful marketing zeitgeist, whatever you want to call it, strategy, my man, of inclusion. And I felt like I was a part of your following now because you took my concerns seriously. And not only that, you yeah. know, oh, I don't drink beer, so am I included in this? And uh, yes, yeah. Coming from a marketer, I really appreciate that. So, yes, I have like, I don't know what else to say. Like, to me, when people ask me, what should I, there's never, there's never, because a lot of businesses will call and be like, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. And it's just show your expertise and build your brand. It doesn't, I would rather content depth and very, which this is what hopefully this is. Very little production value. It's not fluffy. Yeah. There's not going to be things popping up. <laughs> There's not going to be a whole lot of Adobe Premiere with this one, right? But hopefully the, the depth of the content as opposed to the length of the content. And yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I'll put a different spin on it because, sure, again, sure. you know, I feel you know way more about content um, than I do, you know, in, in terms of how important it is across all different forms of, of, of marketing. For me, I, I, the, the thing that I um, learned about content is uh, the psychological value. Mm-hmm. And, and let me go into that a bit, a bit more. So aside from, let's put, let's put aside the type of content and the depth for it a little bit and just look at the, the psychology of how our, our brains work and perceive awesome. uh, messaging. There's something called the mere exposure effect. It's M-E-R-E exposure effect. It's also known as the familiarity principle. And what it, what it, it's, a, it's a psychological phenomenon that says we are hardwired, hardwired to become familiar, right? So familiar meaning we start to like things um, that, that we become uh, familiar with. Yeah. So, so for example, uh, you know, this is this is part of the reason why brands like Coca-Cola, you mentioned earlier, uh, McDonald's, you know, they make record profits. Um, they don't need to advertise; they've got a good market share. But why do they do it? It's because they just they it's, they want this mere exposure effect to take place we, by by always seeing their brands. Um, you know, we be, we just become familiar with them. And when someone says, "Who you know, give, name a restaurant that sells hamburgers." Our first answer would be McDonald's, right? Yeah. So, so talking about the psychology of things. Now, think about think about uh, something like LinkedIn as a platform, and when you post content on mm-hmm. on, on LinkedIn or even even Facebook or, or Instagram, oh. 
what what do people see in their newsfeed? They see your face, right? I'm, I'm, let's 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 talk specifically about LinkedIn here because that's my specialty. Yeah, sure. They see your face. They they see your name. They see things like your job title, or if you put some keywords in your in your tagline, you know, they mm-hmm. see uh, uh, terminology uh, around your your subject matter expertise, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if we use the near exposure effect principle, if I'm posting content on a regular basis, right? You're seeing me in your newsfeed on a regular basis. You don't know me from a bar of soap, but you then start become familiar with my face because you're seeing it. You come become familiar with my name because you see it and you become familiar with my, my company or, or, or the, the type of um, uh, areas that I, that I'm a subject matter expert in because of what I put in my, my tagline. Right? So, this is something that I feel a lot of um, uh, content marketers miss out on is the psychological value and the positioning that you can get with content if it's done regularly and consistently. You know, I, I know you, I know you, Andrew, one of the, one of the things that is hardest for, for businesses to do is to, is to uh, uh, create content or post content consistently. Right, and this is the reason why content has to be posted consistently to create that familiarity, to create that that near exposure effect. Mm-hmm. Now, there's another psycho psychological phenomenon called the halo effect. Okay, so we've got the we, we're becoming familiar, but there's something called the 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 halo effect, which is where if uh, where people where people start to 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 see you as uh, uh, an expert or a thought leader in a particular topic, right? So this is where the, the depth and the type of content that you post with it starts to position you as a thought leader or subject matter expert, right? So these are the two um, psychological phenomenon when it comes to, to content and why it's so important. One, from a branding perspective, it allows you to become familiar with your audience and as you become familiar people start to like you it's it, they're hardwired right mm-hmm. it, they just go oh so so what happens is you know whenever i'm with my connections on linkedin whenever i reach out to them for a meeting i've never met them or i've never spoken to them before in my life but they're always excited to speak with me or they're happy to meet with me because they've seen me they, they they've become familiar with me on on linkedin so they feel that they know me already right it's not a cold call anymore, right? It's more of a it's more of a, a warm approach, right? And then the content that I post, and this is what I was telling you about earlier, the content that I post is very focused. It's all around B2B marketing. It's all around B2B social selling. It's all around B2B social. It's all around B2B relationships. So the halo effect, people just go, damn, this Jeff guy, like he knows his shit when it comes to B2B marketing, right? He knows his stuff when it comes to B2B social. They haven't spoken to me they haven't spoken to me. They haven't, they haven't met me before. But the, these two psychological phenomenons with my content strategy is what, is what cements my authority in, in this space. Yeah. Now, compare me to someone. Now, someone else could be in the marketplace that knows a lot more about me than, than, than B2B marketing, right? Um, but the fact is, if they don't do content, I'm always going to be more, more light and I'm always going to be perceived as the thought leader in my space. I don't have to be the smartest. I don't have to be the best. That's right. The, that's the money I, minute, man. That's Correct. Just, that's yep. just the money minute. You nailed it. 
nailed it. Sorry, go on. I just, I get too excited and holding back the beast. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, you know, that's what I mean. Like uh, for me, uh, uh, what, what, why I love content marketing is, is those psychological triggers. Yeah. And, and that's why it's important. People, why do I have to do content like so frequently or, or why does it have, to, why can't it be yeah, sales related content? Right? Because a, if you don't do it consistently, they're not going to know who you are. Not going to, and, and you try and approach them to, to build a relationship. It's going to take you a lot longer and it's going to be a lot harder. Right. And the, the second thing is, sorry, no, go on. What's the thing? No, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, and the second thing is if you're trying to, if you're just going out there and trying to sell, 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 yeah. What halo effect does that create? That creates you as just being some busted ass salesperson trying to trying to you know scam a dollar out of them. And then you but if your content is value added, yeah, and then you get desensitized to that person when they do. It's like the boy who cried wolf. Correct, correct. Right. So but when you when you can add value and it's something different um, and it's a fresh approach, like Howard, you're talking about, changes the game, right? And he's not trying to sell anything. No. You know, he's not, he's not trying to, he's not using his, his brand to say he's the best or, or, or whatever, no, but no. he's giving people an insight into how he approaches work and, and, and he's adding value. Like you said, he's adding value. He's, he's educating other pa painters. Um, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And see that now, if now, if someone sees that, then, then how much more confident are they going to be going with, with Howard than let's say one of his, one of his competitors that doesn't have the same type of uh, presence on, on, on digital, right? And, and let's face it, you know, this day and age, everyone does their homework on, on, on digital, right? I don't care if it's a painter you're looking for, I don't care if it's a travel agent, I don't care if it's an online marketing service. People do their homework and, and they don't need salespeople anymore. They can educate themselves online right and that's and that's why you've got to you've got to make sure you create those psychological triggers as best you can to the audience that you're that you're wanting to attract now you're doing b2b social selling and you got the word selling in it and you just talked a lot about marketing <laughs> which i think is absolutely uh it's not ironic at all because that's how you sell now but when when, when i tell clients about am i wrong look uh, social media marketing uh, it's the word marketing and sales are totally different components and ideas, right? So I know you do social, social B two B social selling, but when I explain this to from especially for the B two Cs, right? For those most of my course, um, it's marketing. It's I, I give them the analogy of Steve Jobs, which I think is probably one of the best marketers that ever existed. Oh yeah, right. He can get people to buy the same product every year, <laughs> and, and and the way in which he did that is he didn't talk about the A13 chip. He didn't talk about the, the amount of memory that's in this phone. He talked about the experiences you're going to have with it, the possibilities. Correct. It was a romance marketer, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He, he, he knew the value of relationships. Oh yeah, and it, and it went so far beyond to actually building this this massive cult following where it just exploded, and it was. It was done in a way where it's like this is the experience, this is what this is what's possible with this product. But he done it through storytelling, and I think that's yep. the power. And I think every brand's got to become a little bit more romantic about how they help their customers rather than just only being fixated on just selling to them and speaking at them, but actually speak with them. And I think that yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a great, uh, you've probably seen it as well. There's a great uh, YouTube video and, and, and people, if you haven't seen it, I, I encourage you to see it by Simon Sinek. 
uh, that talks about the golden circle, right? Mm -hmm. And he talks about how traditional marketing, we, they, we, we tend to sell um, the, the what and the how and then the why last, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like phone, you know, what is it? It's a, it's a mobile, you know, how does it work? It, it, makes, it makes call, why do you need it? Because it, it keeps you in touch with, you know, your, your loved ones. Whereas he talks about um, uh, Apple, you, mm. you make a great example. They, they start from the inside out. You know, yeah. they start with the why. They sell with the why first. You know, why do you need an Apple? It's because of the possibilities. It, it you know, mm. keeps in touch with your loved ones, that emotional piece. You know, and then it's, you know, how does it do that? Oh, it does that through apps and this and this. You know, and then, you know, what does it do? You, you can make calls. So just by flipping the script, like you said, selling with the, selling with your why first, like Apple does, um, it, it, you know, that's what, that's what brings that, that cult and, and, and people to create a, a more of an emotional relationship with your, with your brand and with your product. And that just comes back to the whole content depth thing that I mentioned too, right? Like how much deeper is it rather than talking about the specs of a camera, but you'll notice even in the ads that they put up on TV, it's all about what they're filming. What, what, you yeah, know, they show like that subliminal message, you know, like the, and then they show you the family, and then the, when you go out to the parks, and when you're walking your dog, and all these sorts of things, taking photos and selfies, and people fall in love with that more than the fact that oh, it's got a hundred times zoom on my phone. A hundred percent, yeah, yeah. I mean, look at those car, look at car ads these days, like luxury car ads these days. They don't even. It's all about it's all about you know emotion and possibility, and, and you don't even know what the car does. <laughs> But see, but see, like you said about the golden circle, you don't need to. You know what a car does. But I need yeah. to know. I need to yeah. know now the difference between this car and another car. Yeah, I, I yeah. know what they do. I need to know the why. Why am I buying this over another car? Exactly. Because the yeah. golden circle is going back on the benefits. Now we're talking about the story and the backstory, and I think everybody yeah. loves it. And I think with your content, like so, I think with with the way in which brands approach content marketing, from my perspective, it's it's just. I mean, it depends what they, I mean, it depends. If I, if I had to deal with Coca-Cola or McDonald's that you brought up, it's going to be a little bit different. But when you're a painter or a lawyer or, or, or a doctor or a dentist, I mean, when people come to me, Jeff, and they say, I don't know what content to create. And I'm going to, this is going to be, I'm going to leave you with the last and final say. When people come to me and say, I don't know what content to create. I said, if Channel 10 called you up and said, I want to, I want a channel. I want some content from you. I don't want the ad in between your, 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 content right i don't want the ads in between when people look at their phone i want the value i want the, i want the yeah. real content right if i said and then when i said it to my jeweler i'm like channel 10 called you up and said we're going to put you on the first episode of we're going to call it jewelry tv and you're going to have the first episode are you going to question what content you're going to create or are you just yeah. going to see my point yeah but if i told yeah. him to go on youtube it was like what you were saying well should i create content blah blah blah, blah. but if it was if you say, well, let's say you were given a TV channel, would you be asking the same questions? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It's it's yeah, you know, and we come across those challenges as well. It's not just with uh, consumer space yeah. or, or with with small businesses. You know, large businesses with deep pockets even have uh, uh, you know trouble coming up with with content. It's a, it's always a it's always a tricky thing, and even even for me. You know, coming up with um, unique content is is always hard. But again, you know, I if if my, my advice to people that have trouble coming up with content because I know 
you know, we say come up with content, we can give them examples, but yeah. um, uh, reality is people that don't work in our space, it's, 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 and it's sure. very hard for them to, to come up conceptually. So one, one um, suggestion or one way even I uh, uh, use content is I, I get other people, you know, path of least resistance, um, don't need to create it myself. I can find content that someone else has created but the but the thing is, I always have to put my thought leadership on that on that yeah. piece of content. That's the that's the that's the crux, right? Um, just finding content and, and, and posting it without putting any of your without putting your thumbprint on it per se, or you're you're overlaying it with your personality or your own thought leadership is the waste of time. Yeah. But um, but but if you can if you can find great content and then. Uh, uh, repurpose that or republish that content with your with your flavor uh, sprinkled on on top of it. I feel that that is is a is also a, a good strategy. And then what that does is over time, as you start to see what types of content other people produce, and 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 you put your flavor on top of it, you then start to build up more confidence and go, you know what. I can actually create a post about this, but do it better. Or I could, I you know, I disagree with this post, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna create some content that that contradicts um, what what this what this content piece is about. So yeah, that that'd be my that'd be my recommendation regarding content. There's no excuse. Um, I I don't think there's any excuse in this world for anyone not to be able to produce uh, content because. You know, you don't have to do it from scratch. You can you can find content. We're in a world that we're in a world that we're overloaded with content at the moment. So and don't tell was, me you can't yeah. find content. And that's my next point. Like, there's so much. I mean, from that perspective, you can take it and give your perspective. Absolutely, that's a completely valid. Uh, and I and I sort of even do that through SEO audits, but I won't get into that. Um, so it's a very noisy world, right? Yeah. And so if you're not even speaking, you have no chance. So I want to think our next conversation ought to be, Jeff, is how do they get found in a noisy world? I mean, this is a conversation geared towards, are you even right? Are you even creating? You don't have to write content or video. You can even put your thoughts and, and, and show your thought leadership on existing content. But this is a final, and then obviously where people can find you and contact you. But um, it's a noisy world. So yes, it is. <laughs> right? And if you're not even talking... You, your brand is solid. And like you mentioned, which is what my, exactly what my dad found to be true after 18 years is if you're not marketing, people won't find you. And other people who may not even necessarily be as good as you are too you know, are going to overtake you because they're, more, they're, they're noisier in a noisy world. Yes. My, my, how, how we've been able to do it and, and achieve success with cutting through the noise is, is focusing on uh, a specific audience or, or specific audiences, you know, and, and it's becoming, it's uh, becoming really niche with who you're, you're wanting to engage um, and then creating content that's designed specifically for them. Right. So to give you an example, you know, if we're wanting to target, if, if we're wanting to engage um, with a, with a big bank, for example, right. And, and let's say there's all these uh, senior leaders in a the bank, there's a CIO, there's a, there's a CFO, there's a COO, there's a CEO. Now, what most companies do is go, we want to we engage the C-level and they'll create content for the entire C-level range and, and then push that out and it doesn't stick. Uh, because why? Because it's too generic. You know, what, what matters to the CFO is not going to matter to the CIO. 
And what matters to the CEO is not going to matter to the COO, right? In, in, in many cases. So where I'm coming at is, Hey, out of the, out of that C level range, pick one. Okay. We want to, we want to hit the, the CFO. Okay. Now let's create content that's designed to uh, address the, the specific challenges or the specific goals or the specific desires that a CFO in a big bank uh, would have, right? And that's how you get that's how you get cut through. And if you're talking about social media channels uh, like LinkedIn, it's only connecting with the, the the CFOs of those big banks. You know, again, you know, people think marketing or digital is all about mass on mass. You know, get as many eyeballs, clicks, impressions, uh, that type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm 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 a believer in in almost. That, that has its place, don't get me wrong, but I'm a believer in reversing that on digital. Let, let's forget, forget the, the broad range. Oh, let's, let's, focus, let's focus on quality, right? Mm -hmm. If we want to engage uh, the CFO, the CIO, the CTO, we need to have a different content strategy for, those, for those people, and we should only be connecting um, with those. And, and doing uh, the basic things right. Like, I mean, even with the, I mean, that's, I mean, so powerful. We have to have another have to have another chat. We can't get it all done. Yeah. <laughs> but but I say I say to client, I say to like people that call me up, that, you know, and I, and I just tell them, look, once you do do that strategy, and people do comment on your stuff. Are you writing back? Like, are you not just they're not writing comment, and you're not getting back to them. Doing the basic things right. Are you doing that yes. before you start thinking yes. about growing, going from two hundred to twenty thousand? Those two hundred people. Are you even writing back to every comment they have? Yeah. Um, yep. Exactly. And, show, and showing that you, showing that you care. Um, and I, and yeah, Jeff, powerful. We better, we better cut it. I mean, where can people find you? And then let's <laughs> let's set up a let's set up let's set up part two. Well, hey, people can find me on on LinkedIn. Uh, yes. I, that's my that's my jam. That's where I live. So uh, just search Jeff Yang, J E W -F, F Y A N G, and my company name is Social Gen. S-O-C-I-A-L-G-E-N, Social Gen, and you'll find me. So please connect. Um, I'm always happy to, to share insights uh, and add value to, to my network and, and create uh, strong relationships. So, yeah, please find me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you for joining me.